0: Welcome to the Dirty Lie podcast, a history podcast about facts, figures, and weird things from the past. I'm your host, Dez, and I'm here with my co-host,
1: TMT. I miss saying two truths and a dirty lie. It kind of it kind of goes stuck in my head. Saying dirty lie podcast is definitely easier, but it's going to be an adjustment.
0: This week, Tim Tyre is going to give me three quote-unquote facts, and I have to figure out what is true and what is the dirty lie.
1: Alright guys, this episode is (laughs) very special to me because it's about one of my favourite things ever. The relationships between world leaders, Mm -hmm. especially dictators and their sons, I've always found that particularly fascinating. I was going to
0: say, why is that so special to you? Oh, it's
1: very (laughs) special. It's just an amazing thing to watch. And I don't want to give too much away, Mm. but... um, yeah i mean i feel like this is going to shock a <laughs> lot of people welcome are you, are you ready for your facts
0: i am as ready as can be
1: okay 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 so the first fact yes. is that yakov Duzugashvili Yes. son of joseph stalin of russia well the, the ussr this, the soviet union yes died as a prisoner of war he was um, taken in by the nazis and he died as a prisoner of war because his father refused to come to a deal with the nazis who the soviet union were at war with at the time yeah the second fact is that mao Anying. The son of Mao Zedong, also known as Chairman Mao of the Republic of China. So Mao Anying, mm-hmm. son of Chairman Mao died in a bar fight in Korea.
0: He was what? He was drunk or?
1: He was in a bar fight. Who knows why people get into bar fights? Actually like for only four reasons but yeah. <laughs> and the third fact is that Teodera Nugema Mangwe of Equatorial Guinea, the son of the leader of equatorial guinea spent so much money in university um this (laughs) the hotel had to write to the school to find out if he was really a student because he lived in a hotel he lived at the beverly wilshire hotel he spent so much money living in the hotel that the hotel actually had to make sure he was registered as a student in 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 school yeah
0: okay
1: these are the facts these
0: are the facts okie dokie One of my favorite topics is dictators Mm. and um, looking into their private lives and the lives of their children. I was actually preparing an episode about dictators and their children, so it's exciting because we're going to have a second part. I think the worst person to have ever lived in the history of humanity Mm -hmm. is Saddam Hussein's first son, but we'll get to that another day.
1: I think we've touched on him before.
0: I you know, we always touch, but like I never want to do it because I could do a whole show <laughs> on New Dave Hussein and it would not be enough. First of all, I know about Stalin's son. I know that's true. I know that Chairman Mao had a lot of children who died young and tragically. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if one died in a bar fight. It doesn't seem like something that is unlikely to happen, but then I do feel like if someone knows that their chairman Mao's Son, feel like you'd be scared to kill him?
1: In in fairness, it was in Korea.
0: Fair enough. And then the other one, the Equatorial Guinea one, I know that story very, very well. And I'm trying to remember if it is about him. (laughs) I know the story of a guy, African leader son, running up bills in hotels, and they're not even sure if he's really a student at like what well, like usc or yeah. something is it's is it it a college him. in yeah. california, right? california it, yeah, yeah in the west coast in america i know the story i'm trying to remember if it was him and i want to say that ah uh, because the equatorial guinea guy this is the playboy of instagram right
1: yes yeah
0: it's the playboy of instagram uh oh that's a tough one
1: This is a tough one.
0: I should have eaten breakfast.
1: (laughs) I need you to win or lose, but I need you to do it really quickly because I can't wait to press the win or lose button. (laughs) (laughs) I was like,
0: why are your fingers dancing over the pads?
1: This is the win button. This is the lose button. That's the lose button. Oh, God, I love that button.
0: Okay. I'm going to say the lie was the bar fight. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs)
1: It up for deads, everyone. Tell Give it up for death it. You are going I, to
0: keep trying.
1: I made this so hard. Do you know
0: why? Right.
1: <laughs> the thing is, he died in Korea.
0: Where was it in a bar fight? It
1: wasn't in a bar fight. Mm. Yeah.
0: Like, you will get me one day.
1: I will. I get has co- not happened yet. <laughs> I get closer every episode.
0: Let's but, get into it, let's get into the lie Because I, I actually don't know anything about Mao and his kids I have a book about dictators It's called uh, Children of Monsters An inquiry into the sons and daughters of dictators
1: So let's talk about uh, Mao Anying. He's the son of Chairman Mao Okay. For those who don't know, Chairman Mao was a Chinese communist revolutionary who was the founder of the People's Republic of China. The People's Republic of China was an iteration of China that came about just after World War I and before World War II. He supported Chinese nationalism and he had an anti-imperialist outlook. This was mostly influenced by the Xinhai Revolution and the May 4th Movement. These are different movements in China that occurred due to dealing with one, the Japanese, and two, the British. He then adopted this Marxism sort of outlook while at university and he stuck with it and he became a founding member of the Chinese Communist Party. He proclaimed the foundation of the People's Republic of China in October 1949 and he solidified his control through Chinese reform against landlords. So Mao is considered easily one of the most influential figures of not just um, Chinese politics but 20th century politics. It was hated and loved by people around the world. Mao Anying was born to the second wife of Chairman Mao. Okay. Her name was Yang Kaihu, and she was also a revolutionary. She mostly focused on education, just giving back to the children of the revolutionaries, making sure they were educated. The weird thing about her life and death was that Chairman Mao, I keep trying, I keep almost saying Emperor Mao. Chairman Mao had, uh, he left her for his third wife. Okay. And she just, she continued to work. She believed in the movement still. She kept fighting. Why is that weird? I'll tell you. There was a counter to the revolutionary known as the KMT and the KMT captured her at a point. Mm. Yeah, they captured her when she was about 29. And when they captured her, they asked her to make a public statement denouncing Chairman Mao and the revolution and his work. And she refused. She said, no, it's not happening. You'll never get me.
0: I like that. She was loyal to the end.
1: F off, essentially. And they killed her? Yeah, they killed her. But it's important to know how she even refused. She said to them, You could kill me as you like. You would never get anything from my mouth. Chopping off the head is like the passing of wind. Death could frighten cowards rather than our communists. Even if the seas run dry and the rocks crumble, I would never break off relations with Mao Zedong. I prefer to die for the success of Mao's revolutionary career. This was after they had broken up.
0: I mean, I'm not surprised. I would have been surprised if my husband still supporting his wife. (laughs) One thing about, especially because she's not just devoted to him as a man, she's devoted to the
1: movement. The revolution.
0: Yeah, so not surprised at all.
1: Now let's go to their son, Mao Anying. Mao Anying was born in Central South University Hospital in Shangsha. It's a province in China. He was very shy as a child, but also known as a very, very intelligent kid. He, um, studied really well going to a lot of the good schools there and he was shot and this is despite the fact that he was shuffled a lot because of his father's and his mother's work he would be enrolled to school under fake names to protect him essentially in world war 2 mao the younger mao was located by dong and kang Sheng. These were generals of mao's army um, they took him to moscow and they put him in him and his brother in the university in moscow yeah oh yeah they were educated in moscow they spoke fluent russian
0: they would have been tiktok famous in today's world oh, 100% People on TikTok love Russians that don't look white.
1: Mm. Yeah, so while they were enrolled in Moscow, he met a lot of his half-siblings for the first time. Because what happened was Wonderful. what happened was the generals just took all his kids. He took all of Miles' kids and he put them in this school in Russia to protect them. It was found that he had a brilliant relationship with all of his step-siblings or half-siblings, because despite the fact that like his dad left their mom for their moms. Kids
0: he, are usually more emotionally mature than adults or the people. Who
1: had them? <laughs> I, I I would say, but some some aren't. Some aren't during World War II. Aning actually successfully petitioned Joseph Stalin to allow him and his brother to join the Soviet Red Army. Oh wow! Yeah, they graduated from the Fronts Military Academy and the Lenin Military Political Academy in 1943, and he served as a Deputy Politics Department Commander and took a tank position for the First Belarusian Front in the fight against the Third Reich in Poland. Oh wow! And the final battle of Berlin.
0: So he fought against the Nazis? Yeah, he
1: fought against the Nazis. After that, he was you know, reassigned to the Soviet Far East and he took part in the Soviet-Japanese War. This guy was really a career soldier. During the Manchurian strategic offensive operation, he was praised for his role during military operations in the Chaha province and in the greater Khingan range for which he received the Soviet decorations, Order of the Red Star and Medal for battle merit. Oh
0: wow, decorated.
1: Decorated. So while his dad was leading a nation, one of the most powerful nations in the world.
0: He was fighting for the Soviets. He was fighting for the
1: Soviets. Collecting medals. Medals, yes. i like that it was interesting because make your own path exactly well you know it was interesting because the soviets had a really good relationship with china well you know mao's version of china they supported him in many ways so his son could really walk into a room with stalin and say look i think we should do this we should do this and stalin's just like wow look at mao's kid look at Mao's boy
0: that is so cute I know. and that's only cute because we're gonna talk about Stalin's relationship with
1: Yakov yes which is not that cute <laughs> what <laughs> it gets cute in the end um, um it does it okay does. <laughs> I'm not gonna spoil it for the listeners let's go <laughs>
0: okay
1: anyway let's go to the Korean War in June 1950 Mao requested to join the Chinese People's Volunteer Army as an officer in the Korean War he mm. came home You know when when you're a lawyer, a lot of lawyers who are children of lawyers will work at other law firms for a long time and then they'll come home to the family firm. So he did that.
0: (laughs) In case you guys forgot that we are lawyers. I know. We We somehow managed to bring it up every episode. It's always relevant. (laughs)
1: Um, Okay, so he joined the army and his commanders, they were really scared that, look, Miles' favorite son is going to be killed in combat. So they never put him in the field. He hid him from everything. Blah, blah, oh, he blah, was Miles' favorite. He was Miles' favorite. I okay. mean, come on. I mean, I feel like after everything I've listed, he has to, he be, has to be the Mal, favorite. I mean, favorite. you
0: don't know. There might be another one doing some math stuff <laughs> somewhere.
1: His kids were actually quite distinguished, uh, except one. But well, I'm not going to get into that. So they, you know, they tried to protect him and they gave him a lot of the quote unquote easy, cushy jobs. But obviously, this guy was very determined. He found a way to get into military intelligence and he helped with planning. He was like, I can't fight on the ground, so I use my mind. And he did that. On the evening of the 24th of November, I'd say 1950, two United Nations aircraft were seen overhead by the um, base that he was serving on. According to multiple Chinese eyewitnesses, sometime between 10 a.m. and noon on the 25th of November, the next day, Four Douglas 824 invaders dropped napalm bombs in the area.
0: Not napalm.
1: Oh, napalm, yes.
0: Oh, no, that is a terrible way to go.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, Mao has suggested that they um, set up their base in a gold mine, an abandoned gold mine in the Which area.
0: Mao? This Mao son?
1: mouse to mouse Son, yeah. Okay. So he had, you know, he had made it their base and everything and they were working from there. One of the bombs took out the makeshift building near the cave and he killed Mao and another officer. So he died, not in a bar fight, but serving his country. The only thing he really knew how to do.
0: He died a hero. Yeah.
1: His body was reportedly burnt beyond recognition and and was only identifiable due to the fact that he was wearing a Soviet watch that was given to him personally by Joseph Stalin. Wow. Yeah. I
0: thought you were going to say his teeth. No. (laughs) (laughs) But watch on Stalin is much, much cooler. Mm -hmm. He died a hero. Yeah. The United Nations or the United States?
1: United Nations.
0: United Nations. United Nations were dropping napalm bombs?
1: Yeah, so basically it was Korean War and the planes that were seen or reported to have been seen by eyewitnesses were United Nations planes. Okay. What's also really weird about it is his commander Peng Duhai and other high-ranking officers were scared of this exact same thing happening. So, they had assigned him to them as their Russian Chinese um, translator. Oh. So they were like, look, we'll just go. He just goes where we go. So he stays safe, blah, blah, blah. And none of them died. None of the high ranking officers died in this explosion. But he did. Yeah
0: the united nations i just had to check the united nations convention banned napalm bombs in 1980 so this is 30 years before it is banned but you know napalm is a mixture of jet fuel and polystyrene that sticks to the skin as it burns it is a horrible way to go and it has like a very distinct smell so they didn't just use it because of how horrible it killed people but they also used it
1: because, because of how bad the smell yeah like because it was people yeah like
0: because of the psychological <laughs> like the smell of napalm used to have psychological effects on soldiers
1: that's crazy
0: like it is absolutely crazy i mean i knew the united states used napalm in vietnam and stuff like that and i i mean it is such a horrible way to go
1: mm-hmm. i agree a lot of people who opposed chairman mao were extremely sad about it they, they were really sad about the news they just people just liked him in general the masses they he had a fandom essentially like his story was it was kind of nice to hear even if it was your enemy he was like Oh, this boy is mm-hmm. yeah he's a good kid he's a good kid he was a good kid he didn't deserve to go out that way okay fact two fact two
0: are we going to yakov or are we going to equatorial guinea
1: I think we should go to Yaakov just because it's a nice segue from, from Joseph Stalin. From Stalin.
0: Okay, cool. So I love this story.
1: Please help me with this. Okay, so Yaakov Jugashvili.
0: Yes, Yakov Djugashvili. Djugashvili was uh, Stalin's original surname before yeah. he changed his name to Stalin. He was actually Georgian. I always find it interesting how technically outsiders who convert their names or their identities, even if it's Hitler or whatever, mm-hmm. then become the most like pro-patriotic. Like yeah. you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. so, Stalin going from this Georgian backwater small. Nobody to then becoming this USSR Russian giant. giant and changing his name.
1: Also a small man. Stalin? Yeah. Tiny, tiny fella. How tiny? Um, your heightest. I'm not heightest. Yeah, you're heightest.
0: No, do you know how I know your heightest? Because when I was talking about Bukasa and you said, I've been trying to find, figure out something about him. The first thing I said was his height because I know you—you <laughs> you are heightist.
1: I'm not heightist. I just like the correlation between um,
0: it's like that world
1: leaders and being and tiny, like just dictators and tininess
0: So I, I saw something recently, like the average Fortune 500 CEO is at least like four inches taller than average height and stuff like that. But then when you look at dictators. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they are small, and that's what this babe said. Can you remember the guy from Argentina that we spoke about, whose wife went on the news and was like, "My husband is a waste man," and he had to run back to the palace? Her statement to the press was, "These small men are all the same." <laughs> if you see a short guy running for president, I mean, don't go there. There's,
1: there's no way it's a. <laughs> it's not. It's, it's, it's not. It's not like a. This is
0: the it's l- a most pattern. problematic thing I've ever said in my
1: life. It's a pattern. Start Stalin was 5'3", by the way.
0: No way. Mm-hmm. I couldn't chin him.
1: But You could chin him. No, I'm
0: 5 5'5". Well,
1: you can't chin your 5'3", man. Just raise your head up. <laughs> <laughs> tell him to. Tell him his shoelaces are untied. Raise your head up.
0: So let's talk about Yakov and Stalin.
1: Let's talk about Yakov and Stalin. Mm-hmm. Um, quick, you know, brief intro. Stalin, you know, Trojan revolutionary Soviet Union leader from 1922 till he died Mm -hmm. now before he was Joseph Stalin he was
0: Jugashvili
1: Jugashvili he was Jugashvili and he he was
0: married to Yekaterina
1: exactly his first love no I thought he loved her
0: but she wasn't the first she's his first wife she's she's not his first baby mama
1: okay she died tragically <laughs> and i think after stalin had you know changed his name and everything all his son did was kind of remind him of her and who he was before he changed his name she was a descendant of a minor Georgian noble family okay yeah she died
0: when Yakov was only like one
1: yeah she died when he was a wee lad it was mostly from typhus that's what the doctors speculated back then doctors were really good at speculating back in the day what
0: is typhus
1: typhus it's a um, the typhoid no um, typhus is like a fever it's a group of infectious diseases it usually results in fever headache rash and some special conditions death um so yeah he was in fact eight months when she died mm. Stalin gave him back to his wife's parents
0: the moment she passed away yeah. And he went to the U- to Russia
1: Yeah he went to Russia
0: I'm not surprised that he gave Yaakov back to the grandparents mm-hmm. to raise
1: Yeah well the grandparents and then after a while the aunts So the aunts took him on mm-hmm. a few So years. the wife's family shouts Wife's family yeah
0: Like take care of your people
1: Yeah, they raised him till he was fourteen, which was when he was then sent to Moscow to live with his father. His half siblings, Vasily and Svetlana. Thank you, Svetlana. They were born as soon as he moved, and so
0: this because at this point Stalin had married his second wife. His
1: second wife, yeah. Yeah, Yakov found Moscow really difficult for a bunch of reasons one he didn't speak the language and he was really shy and timid and his dad did not like him no one really knows why Stalin had a lot of disdain for him but a lot of people believed it was because he looked a lot like his mom he reminded Stalin of his ex-wife
0: and also Svetlana has said herself like Stalin's daughter said that that Yakov was just like his mom that he must have taken everything from his mother because there was nothing rough or abrasive or fanatical about him yeah he was, like kn- he said, he was known he was, to be very kind he was his mother's child imagine if today you wake up and you've decided you've changed your name and you've changed everything about yourself and you move to a new place to be a new man
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then a child that bears your last in, like your old last name mm-hmm. that bears the face of your old lover Comes, it's it's literally like a physical embodiment of everything you've tried to deny yes. exists. Yes,
1: but it's also it's interesting because in Montel Fro's book, Young Stalin, he quotes that the main reason Stalin hated him wasn't even because he reminded Stalin in a negative way it was one of the happier moments of Stalin's life
0: oh being
1: with being with her Keto. yeah and having him and all of that it was one of the happiest moments of his life so it, when he saw him he just brought about like the trauma and factor like oh yeah that happened and, and you know you
0: know this is what I love about history there's so much about it that is personal yeah. That even years later, we're still trying to figure out like, we're like, okay, Yakov. Why they felt this way? Yeah. Why like, why things? did Joseph Stalin have this relationship with his son Yakov?
1: He was really close to Stalin's other kids, um, Vasily and Stef- Stetlana, and he was even really close to his stepmother, and it helps that she was only six years older than him, so <laughs> 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 when he was Bro. 14, she was like 20, I guess. Bro, yeah. you know,
0: before Stalin had Yakov, he actually had another child, mm. and I talk about
1: this thing all the time, but...
0: All these old men Leave young girls alone Stalin was 35 I think, I think, I
1: think that's just men in general though. Men I guess yeah.
0: And then the more If they're powerful They can then get away with it yeah. But when Stalin was 35 He met Lydia And she was 13
1: Wow
0: 13 Wow Yeah man But the son he had with that one He didn't even
1: acknowledge.
0: I, I don't understand Why a man in his mid 30s looking at a 13 year old yeah, I mean that's I mean, a crime
1: well now it's a crime
0: it wasn't a crime in 1914 in Georgia I doubt it so Yakov gets along with everyone in his father's house except for his father
1: except for his father
0: it's typical outside baby story
1: yeah essentially I mean it's better than everyone hated him and only his father likes him
0: true that does also happen
1: yeah so he really likes studying his dad didn't want him to. His dad wanted him to join the army. So you can already see how his dad would like uh, Mao Anying. He graduated from the Institute of Transport in 1935 and then for the next couple of years he worked as, guess, professor? A chimney sweeper. I'm just joking, chimney sweep engineer at an electric plant factory named after his father. (laughs) So he worked there maybe for about a year because in 1937 he joined the Artillery Academy which is, you know, the um, Soviet Union's military academy.
0: So a chimney sweep
1: engineer. engineer
0: yes which sounds like
1: it sounds like a dumb made up job from a Roald Dahl novel
0: it sounds dumb that is something that is very embarrassing
1: well I, I guess they're making more effective chimney sweeps so that coal comes and um, firewood leaves houses more effectively and doesn't kill people, that might be a good way to look at it.
0: Fun fact in Victorian England, when people couldn't afford chimney sweeps, they would just throw live geese <laughs> down the
1: chimney. I mean, I love that because then what comes out is a black swan. because uh, it's a Russian ballet,
0: it's the first acknowledged. So, Son. Yeah. So he's Stalin's his first, his first son. By all intents and purposes, he's yeah. Stalin's first son, and um he is a chimney sweep engineer.
1: Yes, sir. Make raking in the dollars, the rubles. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, my days.
1: Yeah. The the next fact that we're going to talk about is the exact opposite of this of this guy. <laughs> so in 1937. After a year of Seeing the world And you know Learning about the Fantastic engineering Behind chimney sweeps He joins the Artillery academy Which is You know A soviet military academy At the time Most likely on the insistence of his father Yeah Be like Mao No
0: I think he I think his daddy Was saying Be like me If you look at Stalin's rhetoric In general And his belief system Anyways He would not see His son as a man If he was not A fighting man Mm. Like, he wouldn't see anyone as a man if they weren't a
1: fighting man. Very toxic well yeah um, mm. imagine just imagine Stalin it's, dre- it's, it's toxic Imagine it's Star-
0: toxic but it's fit for the times also yeah. you need fighting men when Hitler is on your doorstep
1: I agree but also this was before that
0: but this is post world war one world
1: yes like war the, is the not Nazi pr- the Nazi party is full it's in, for me, it's fully right? in effect yeah. yeah
0: but even if you don't have the Nazis you've had a world war war is not something that is far from their their mind or their experiences so, if you are a leader, and I imagine now that you're a leader and you're supposed to lead other people's children into war, as your soldiers or your generals or your majors or your captains, and your own son is a chimney sweep engineer.
1: Imagine the imagine him driving around Moscow, just seeing random chimneys and getting pissed off. <laughs>
0: Like, imagine trying to come home and get, you know, you want to sit down and someone wants to light a fire the fireplace and it just pisses. Like, yes. everything will trigger Stalin. <laughs> Poor Joe. Poor Joe.
1: Yeah, he's the victim. Like, man. what
0: is your son doing? Imagine paying school fees. Imagine going to Georgia to go and bring the child. Russia is, is giving us all these mathematicians and physicists and chemists and clinical. Gynecom- you say you want to do engineering. What type of engineering?
1: I want to fix chimneys, daddy.
0: Oh, come on. Who Joseph started to take you man, he's a human being.
1: I I hear what you're saying, and I don't. Yeah, I take back my comments on you being toxic. I think it's fitting for the time. Okay, so let's go. Let's go into his love life because this is a very
0: another reason Joe didn't like him.
1: Yeah. Yakov's first relationship was with Zoya Gunina, the daughter of an orthodox priest and former classmate of his. In 1928, Yakov made it known that he wanted to marry her. She was 16. Mm. He was how old? 21.
0: It's it's not great, but it's not that bad it's, for that time. It's
1: sound of music.
0: Yeah, the class that <laughs> be. yeah. they're classmates they are in school together.
1: So he made it known that he wanted to marry her. Mm. um stalin was pissed off
0: see eh? yakov is doing what kids do he's being intentionally irritating of all your classmates is the daughter of a what
1: an orthodox priest but also, like, I get it because Stalin's mistreated this kid and says no him For me, this is hilarious. Of all the ways to rebel. Of all the ways to rebel. Oh, love is always like it's a Star- way to start.
0: I know, I know. Yeah. Stalin hated religion. Yeah. You know that Stalin used to throw shamans out of helicopters and planes and be like,
1: <laughs> let, let your God save you. <laughs> that is the person you are bringing. Lovely. Imagine him just throwing a. Pastor out of Egypt saying, God will save you. And this pastor is <laughs> like, you can't ask God. <laughs> 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 mm. He marries Zoya. No, he wants to marry her.
0: Oh, okay. So they don't get married.
1: Yeah, well, um, Stalin says no. And in response, Yaakov tried to kill himself. He took a gun and he shot himself in the chest. And he narrowly missed his heart. And his dad was so angry okay. that he missed
0: Yeah, he said,
1: (laughs) said he can't can't even even shoot shoot straight.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's my famous telling quote in the whole Yakov story. That's
1: a horrible man.
0: I've been waiting for you to tell the story
1: because he said, you cannot even. Stalin wasn't upset that he tried to kill himself.
0: He probably was.
1: Stanley was upset no he's hes, he's known to have you know br- he's known to have brushed off the attempt by saying he can't even shoot straight and the thing is Stanley was very cutting like that in his conversations with people he was very dismissive of things that would shake other people yeah he was really witty about it as well he would like say all these bizarre things
0: you can't even shoot straight
1: Ah, it's it's, it's a mean thing that
0: turns suicidal ideation to homicidal ideation (laughs) like that is really what is gonna take it from shooting at me to shooting at you yeah but Yakov is not done pissing his dad off when it comes to love, is he?
1: Yeah, I mean, he spends the next couple of months in the hospital recovering from his um, injury. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, his dad just gave and was like, you know what, do what you want, dude. And he got married to her and they moved to Leningrad. They had a daughter who was born on the 7th of February, 1929. But she died eight months after from pneumonia. Mm-hmm. And Yaakov and Benina broke up after that he returned to Moscow and he was rumored to be marrying Ketavan daughter of first secretary of the trans-caucasian socialist federative soviet republic a name that sounds incredibly racist or at least racially charged (laughs) the trans-caucasian socialist federative soviet republic Mm -hmm. Yakov was really shy around her and then she, she eventually married someone else a prominent orchestra conductor and this also pissed off Stanley for some reason he was really upset that his son was about to get married to someone who had social standing that he could tolerate but couldn't seal the deal because he was too shy
0: why is this it, pissing him off for some reason if your son does not have game
1: would you not be upset not really lots of people don't have game it doesn't stop you from living a full life too I don't, shy I don't, to
0: close the deal you know, know what i say about shy men yeah your pockets would be shy
1: i mean I, I just don't care i don't care about if kids have swag or on
0: no, are like kids they grown man. No
1: I mean kids Like your children I don't care if my child Has work or not. I
0: don't care if my child Has work
1: I'm too self-centered For that
0: I care if I have a child That is too shy To complete Things Oh no Can't complete your engineering I don't, I don't like this Can't <laughs> complete your Your marriage with Zoya You now come Find somebody who wants you Because first of all You're Stalin's first son So by definition You have clout Yeah The secretary of a smaller org Is now your babe You can't close the deal
1: this, The daughter of the
0: the, da- the daughter of the secretary Of a smaller uh, party Yeah Not even the main uh, so, uh, Communist party mm-hmm. Right It
1: was a republic In the In the Soviet Union a so republic within the Soviet, within Union. The Soviet Union. So okay. it's basically the son of the president marrying the governor's daughter.
0: And you can't even.
1: He's a little shy boy. Uh,
0: you're not a little shy boy. You are a grown, grown man.
1: I mean, I, I like, I like it. I like shy. I like shy people. I think they're do- they adorable. Women, men, kids. I think sh- I think mm-hmm. being shy isn't. it. People act like it's like this social. I think being shy deformity. is fine because <laughs> I'm
0: shy sometimes. I think being a swag bear, is not okay. And I think there's a difference between shy and swagbe. I think there's no English word for swegbe. Mm. But if you understand what I mean by swegbe, this man is showing true swegbe behavior. It's not shyness. Mm
1: i don't believe that okay i I disagree so anyways he's an emo boy his love life doesn't like dad why don't you love me dad
0: let's get through his love (laughs) life because we have to know how he ends up a prisoner of war how this shy boy ends up a warrior
1: Jacob eventually married yulia Meltzer, a well-known jewish dancer from odessa after meeting Meltzer at a reception in a restaurant Yakov fought with her second husband ooh Yakov
0: is growing up an
1: NKVD officer named Nikolai Bessarab so basically Yakov get into a fight over this woman and he wins
0: ooh they were
1: soon married
0: ooh redemption
1: (laughs) they were soon married um and it was suggested that Melton must have must have been tempted to gain entry into Stalin's court by means of her marriage. Though this did not work due to the animosity between Stalin and Yakov.
0: So she was social climbing, but she
1: she was a cloud chaser, though, no. a cloud chaser. But I mean, there's no way to really tell. You know, mm-hmm. I I just, I just don't see how much clouds a dancer from Odessa would have.
0: A Jewish dancer from Odessa would have with Stalin because Stalin yeah. didn't. Yeah. Wasn't blatant about not liking Jewish people But he did not particularly like Jewish people Did yeah, he? Yeah,
1: he didn't And he didn't like dancers <laughs>
0: <laughs> No, I'm sorry Oh, this boy is doing so well at pissing daddy off
1: <laughs> Yeah um, <laughs> He got legally married next year And then they had a daughter and Her it was Galina Galina uh, Yeah, so on the 22nd of June 1941 Nazi Germany and its allies launched Operation Barbossa. This was the invasion of the Soviet Union. And
0: in 1941 is also when Yakov has graduated, right, from
1: military academy Mm. he he graduated i think a couple of weeks just before they invaded stalin ensured that yakov was a artillery officer and he made sure his son was on the front line which is bizarre but okay i'll take it i guess to make a man out of him who knows
0: i'll make a man of you that
1: song is toxic everything is toxic i love
0: that song i listen to it in traffic all the time is it
1: mulan Mm -hmm. yeah no let's get back to podcast
0: <laughs> okay <laughs> so stalin has put his son on the front lines
1: on the military front lines, mm. and during a battle famously known as the battle of smolensk he was captured it was very bizarre he was given the order to retreat but he didn't obey the order It's disputed how he reacted and how he got captured apparently one of the more prominent arguments based on eyewitness and hearsay is that he was asked to retreat and he said I am the son of Stalin I do not permit the battery to retreat other sources including Soviet prisoners who are interrogated said they willingly gave him up because they hated the Soviet system oh yeah oh yeah then material from the Russian archives suggests that he surrendered willingly. The Germans announced the capture of Yakov on the 19th of July. Stalin reacted negatively to the news, as he often has in this um, chapter of his life. Because, you know, Stalin had previously ordered that none of his soldiers were to surrender. That if they die, they die. Yep. And his own son surrendered. Yep. So it was obviously a disgrace for him. He was pissed off that Yakov hadn't killed himself instead of being captured. Famously having said, I thought that was his th-
0: Thing. <laughs> I <laughs> thought suiciding was right up your alley, yeah. and now when it's time to suicide, mm-hmm. you don't. Um, Stalin, you suck.
1: Gets so much worse. His wife. Uh, Melta, she, was she wasn't told immediately that he had been
0: captured. His wife, Yulia? Yeah. Is said Melta? That's her last name. That's <laughs> so confusing. So, yes. his
1: wife? His wife, Yulia. Mm-hmm. Um, Yulia Melta. She wasn't told immediately because Stalin <laughs> suspected her of being a spy and he had her arrested. Um. Setlana came in and she took care of their kid while they were both prisoners, I guess. <laughs> both prisoners of war? Yeah, both prisoners of war. Yeah, so Yaakov tried to conceal his identity while he was a prisoner. He so he tore off his uh officer insignia. So it would look like he was just a common soldier and everything, but he was um, recognized pretty quickly and he was given to a you know, military intelligence officer for interrogation. During the interrogation, Yakov openly criticized his division and other units of the army saying they were unprepared for war and further commented that military commanders behaved poorly. He felt that the UK was weak and had never helped anyone while praising Germany, noting it was the only one major empire left and that the whole of Europe would do nothing without it. What? Though his wife and his family were ethnically Jewish. <laughs> what?
0: What's he doing this, this as man a was tactic? Kissing ass. What's he doing this as a tactic, though? Because well,
1: you'll get into I don't think so because he was openly anti-Semitic. Wait, um, Yakov? Yakov, yeah, he was openly anti-Semitic. I really? Guess. Yeah, yeah, like his dad. The apple does not fall too, too far from the tree.
0: To be honest, I don't know why this surprises me because a lot of racist people do marry, like. Yeah. Yeah, it, okay. do, it,
1: it do it do happen. Okay, the Germans intended to use Yakov for propaganda against the Soviets. They took a picture of him smiling with like his captors and they, <laughs> they flew a plane and they dropped it in leaflets all over the Soviet soldier. <laughs> so imagine Stalin's reaction to that. <laughs> just holding the pamphlet and looking at it. I even have a picture of the pamphlet here. So I'm just going to, we're just going to probably put it in social media as well, just so people can see.
0: Wow. Can the, I see it? The
1: kind of guy this was. Let me show you. And then the caption of the picture says, this is Yakov, Stalin's son, an artillery officer who was asked to surrender near near Vidisk together with thousands of other soldiers and officers follow his example he's alive and well and feels great why do you fight to the death even when the son of your leader has surrendered
0: wow yeah wow
1: yeah Yakov
0: yet again doing very well at pissing daddy off yeah he's very good at being like an annoying child
1: at the back of this leaflet was part of a letter he had written shortly after his capture and he read dear father i have been taken prisoner i am in good health i will soon be sent to camp for officers in germany i am again being treated well i wish you good health greetings to everyone yasha the Soviet Union responded via propaganda, using the official um, newsletter to the Red Army. It said that um, Yakov would be awarded the Order of the Red Banner for his actions. The Order of the Red Banner is Soviet military sort of decoration and it's usually given when a soldier shows extraordinary heroism, dedication, or courage on the battlefield. Mm. So the fact that the Red Army had proclaimed they would be doing this was their way of saying that, oh, look, this guy, he didn't surrender as they came in. yeah he surrendered to save his, uh-huh. his unit's life and everything blah, blah, okay. blah. so i think that was their version of damage control he was moved to berlin and he was put up in a nice hotel where joseph goebbels the Nazi propaganda minister hoped to use him on Russian language radio broadcasts. When he refused to do this, he was moved to a concentration camp. While he was in the concentration camp, he was constantly frequented by guards and other prisoners who just wanted to meet the son of Stalin and take pictures with him. He was quartered with prisoners of war from all over the Allied forces, most notably the British. And he died in the concentration camp in 1949. And people say he died by running into an electric fence but that's been disputed it's been saying that he was shot by the germans and that's also been disputed it was also said that he was killed by other prisoners most notably the british prisoners of war
0: Uh, wait 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 (laughs) (laughs) so he either killed himself or was shot or was beat up yes sir those are three very different ways to have maybe died yes sir did Stalin ever try to rescue him? I mean, he's a high-value prisoner. Did yeah. they ever try to ex- exchange him? How are they trying to exchange prisoner in Ukraine now?
1: Yeah, so the German army made various attempts to trade Yakov for you know, various...
0: High-level German capt- exactly. prisoners. Exactly.
1: Other prisoners. And yeah. Russia refused all of them. Fair enough. St- Stalin just said, we don't negotiate with Nazis. After he died, Stalin felt really bad about it and remembered him fondly after he's known for saying about yakov and i quote he was a good boy he was a real man
0: that's uh yeah that's why you said it it's it's cute in the end Literally in the end after Yaakov's life has ended yeah he said uh, he finally
1: says in good word after his son is dead yeah he said he also said fate treated him unjustly
0: which is true by giving you him as a father um, giving him you as a father I mean so in one of the exchange they try to exchange a high- level German commander for Yaakov mm. Mm-hmm. And a is reported to have said, I will not exchange a soldier for a field marshal. Jesus. Like that does not make sense. Jesus. <laughs> and when they said But it is your son, he said, They are all
1: my sons. Oh. Meaning all the boys of the Red Army are dear to him. So that's kind of that's kind of hardcore. I kind of mess with that a little bit. As I a, kind of As do. a soldier I would like to hear that.
0: As I do. kind of do. Like as a soldier he's saying I'm not gonna leave the rest of the Red Army boys who are in there and take my son and now give them someone who's important to them. Like my son is important to me, but you are all important to me. As a leader, even if it's propaganda, because apparently he was trying to have secret attempts to re- rescue him but again but did they murky. ever attempt
1: did he ever make any serious attack? yeah so
0: apparently there were Stalin had ordered secret rescue attempts which had failed Okay. but again murky murky okay. uh, the daughter Svetlana doesn't even believe this Svetlana believes that her dad abandoned her
1: brother yeah I believe it too Um,
0: and you know with history even with recent history everything is biased it's really hard like when sources are people to find out what actually happened or what didn't happen Mm. but I I do want to say that like as a leader in terms of uh, but only when it came to Yakov really but as a leader not doing special treatment for your child making sure they are actually fighting in the front with the rest of the boys or like like it's not good as a parent
1: I don't think it's good as a so I think if you are a leader and your child is on your team then yes but well, as a diplomat because when you're when you're you know when you're Who's what the diplomat stalin here? when you're what Stalin is it's not just it's not just a soldier it's not just your child he's a high level asset to the states no matter true, how he's slice so I think he should true. have done more.
0: Especially like psychologically like
1: mm-hmm. your son
0: shouldn't be seen to lose yeah. or die or, as or a die. prison what I mean, but, you know, like, even uh, Mussolini, I believe, Mussolini's son died, the one that was a fighter jet pilot, um, his image became, like, be like my son. And like, I don't know, so, like, maybe Stalin was hoping Yakov would die a hero, and then he'd be able to, it'd be useful to him I in doubt. death.
1: I doubt it. I
0: mean, I don't know. Not a great dad, though, Stalin, <laughs> I would say. All uh,
1: right, let's talk about, um, so let's, let's get into some more fun stuff. Let's bring oh it home. let's
0: talk about the Instagram playboy. Yes, let's bring it home, baby. Let's, let's talk about Teddy. Teddy boy. Alright, so what's his Instagram before we start this? Concept.
1: I don't know. I don't know. You don't? I don't know. I don't follow him on Instagram. I've just seen his pictures. Ugh. Um now Teddy's dad is Teodoro Obiang Guima Basogo. He's an Equito-Guinean politician and former military officer who served as the second president of Equatorial Guinea since August 1979. He is the longest-serving president of any country ever.
0: He's still president right now?
1: Yeah, ever. In the history of ever. He's been president since 1979.
0: And he took over from his uncle, didn't
1: he? Yeah, he did. A nice little coup.
0: Found Instagram.
1: (laughs) His son is...
0: Teddy Nguema.
1: Teddy Ngwema, also known as um, T Baby, Insta Bad Boy, also known as Theodore. What? Theodore. Oh, yeah. He's the vice president of Equatorial Guinea and he's been in office since 2012. He's his son by his first wife, Constancia Mangue, and has been appointed to numerous government positions by his father's regime, including Minister of Agriculture and Forestry and second vice president.
0: Okay, so that was in 2012. He was he became first vice president in 2016. Yeah, no, he okay. became first
1: vice president in 2016, but he's been, he's been second he's vice been in, since two, two so 2012. So he's
0: been in office since 2012. I twelve. I'm so confused, I was, because yeah. I was thinking
1: it was 2016. Um, let's get into teddy's life we're going to call him teddy from now on
0: if you guys are wondering he calls himself teddy nguema on instagram he has 138,000 followers it is teddy t-e-d-d-y nguema n-g-u-e M-A, am telling you guys this because you want to see the Instagram.
1: In I fact, promise. I'm telling you guys, th- she's telling you guys this because it would be nice if you could just open his Instagram and just scroll through the pictures as you're listening to what I'm saying. Engramas registered to attend Pepperdine University in Malibu, California for a four term non degree program in English as a second language. During this degree, <laughs> he lived lavishly at the Beverly Wheelchair Hotel and rarely attended class, so much so that the hotel was curious and they had to make sure he was enrolled as a student eventually he was asked to leave the school so he was asked to drop out which i find very interesting i don't know why schools do that they just ask you they just advise you to withdraw
0: why do they do that
1: yeah, like, as opposed to just, you know, expelling you. I guess tra- it's, a ni- it's, a, it's a nice way of doing it.
0: Well, it's not a nice way of doing mm. it. In America, it has different ramifications if you're expelled versus if you withdraw.
1: Yeah.
0: One, if you withdraw, you can come back. Okay. Two, it's different on your transcript.
1: Mm, it helps um, you get e- into other schools easier.
0: Yes. And also, I think it...
1: Helps you would withdraw.
0: Have, no, yeah. Yeah also the jobs but also has uh, financial aid implications which obviously for him is not a consideration but for other people it's like it's better for you to withdraw
1: teddy needs no jobs or scholarships Do you that know is why? true
0: because he's the bad boy
1: he's a bad boy uh, please look at
0: this picture while you talk
1: i can't look at that picture while i talk you guys there's picture. a picture
0: third of december 2021 when you see it
1: you will know it
0: Look at this while you listen to this episode. I promise you, it's going to be worth it. Keep going.
1: Now, Teddy is 54 years old, just so I clear. And you would think that, you know, the follies of youth. He's changed. He's an adult now. Oh, no, no, no. Teddy is spending more money than ever. His life is honestly, I think the best way to sort of sum it up, if you're not an Instagram person, is dan bilzerian
0: only someone who's an instagram person will know what dan's life is his life is this yachts champagne boats yeah because he is the vp of equatorial guinea he splices his pictures he would be in the desert somewhere with a glass or he'll be in a boat somewhere or he will be topless on a beach somewhere and then the next picture he will be shaking the hand of the pope
1: now it's important to note that he's lived like this since his teens. While he's um minister of agriculture and forestry. His salary then was guess how much? He got three thousand two hundred euros a month.
0: Three thousand euros a month?
1: That was how much he was getting as Minister of Agriculture and Forestry.
0: That's nothing.
1: Are you doing the math in your head?
0: Three thousand euros a month. Three
1: thousand two hundred. Don't forget the two hundred euros. Three thousand two hundred euros.
0: That is absolutely nothing. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, so that's how much. I mean, I'm mean, it's it's decent money for a few, for for a few people.
0: Thirty eight k a
1: year. Yeah, thirty exactly thirty eight k a year. Thirty eight less than forty thousand euros a year.
0: That's McDonald's money. What are you talking? That's for, in, for who? Huh? For, who? for somebody who works in McDonald's in Paris.
1: I don't think they earn that much.
0: What do you think this is? A garbage truck driver in San Francisco oh, yeah. earns more than this, of
1: course definitely city workers he and cannot
0: fund anything on this
1: so what's that that begs the question doesn't it
0: well that does beg the question that's why i'm no that's why i'm <laughs> trying to stress that this is nothing <laughs> you cannot live in the beverly do you know how much a room in there per night is and i'm sure he's getting a room for himself yeah and his entourage the security. and then his security yes. and then he's ordering room service most likely three thousand
1: yeah couldn't cover a night.
0: Bro, come it, on. I'm saying, but even if he got that a week, yeah. that's nothing.
1: It's not anything. It's They're pretending. Well, that was his that was his salary then. The New York Times reported in 2004 that Ngwa was a rap music entrepreneur and born vivant. Fond of Lamborghinis, long trips to Hollywood, and Rio de Janeiro.
0: And white bandanas.
1: He loves a white bandana. Look at that. Look at that. And it's and I'm just we need to make a carousel on Instagram.
0: A in real?
1: No, when it's a it's multiple pictures, I think it's called a carousel. Oh. So yeah, we, we we can make we can make one of those and just you know show you some pictures. At a point, he hired he spent four hundred thousand pounds to hire a super yacht for a Christmas cruise. And guess who was on the cruise? Eve. <laughs> 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 cruise that
0: girl?
1: Cruise <laughs> that girl.
0: There's a Reddit joke that? dictators and children of dictators love single name singers
1: yeah i can see i can see how that tracks
0: Cher Beyonce Eve <laughs> Usher Drake Drake like they are flying with the one name big dogs the, out
1: the Arab guys love Drake
0: mm.
1: they love him because you know obviously he's Drake and then he looks a lot like that <laughs> um, you're
0: a racist
1: he does look like that he
0: does
1: yeah he drew criticism from international media for spending close to 10 million rands over a weekend in South Africa on champagne property renovations a black 2004 Bentley a cream 2005 Bentley continental and an MG Rover, Cape Town. He also bought a Lamborghini, um, Lago. He Your bought taste's a growth.
0: thirty million dollar mansion in Malibu when he was at
1: Pepperdine. Yeah, I mean, we know where he's getting the money from at this point. So, oh Yeah, yeah. but uh, well, I, I feel like it's one thing to sort of, it's one thing to spend money when you make it. I think there's a sort of spending that sort of, that borders on being a psychopath when you know it's your country's money. And that is what I've found with Teddy. It's spending that makes the news and makes people go, wait, 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 what is going on here?
0: I hate when people are doing criminal level- Spending. And they're not even shy. Yeah. Like at least be shy. But also, you know, a lot of people, especially if he was brought up around this, He probably doesn't really see it as his country's money. He probably sees it as his own money. At the end of the day, he's probably thinking, I did this oil deal. We sold X number of barrels of oil and the profit is X billion dollars. Of course, I deserve 10% of that for existing.
1: True, true, true.
0: It's it's a different way of thinking.
1: Yeah, it is. It's highly pathological. Let's talk about some of his interests. Teddy's foreign interests include two houses in South Africa worth a combined 50 million rand. So 50 million rand is 1.2 billion naira. Why did you convert it? Because yeah, that's, that's, how, that's how my brain processes corruption.
0: <laughs> 15 million rand is like 2.9 million dollars. Oh, not a lot compared to buying a 13 million dollar mansion in Malibu. In Malibu, yeah. Only two, <laughs> owning two houses for 2.89 million. Yeah. No, it's not that. No, no, no.
1: Yeah um he's he also owns the hip-hop record label tno entertainment
0: oh no
1: yeah in 2008 he owned one of the 30 models of the bugatti veron a maserati mc12 he bought that for 700,000 euros he went on to purchase another bugatti and tried to purchase a third why he needed three bugattis only teddy knows both of the veterans he purchased and nine other cars he owned were seized by the French police who are investigating corruption.
0: Wait, this was the fr- this is the ones in France? Yeah. Cause he has other Bugattis and Ferraris in Switzerland.
1: He has a lot in America. He has a bunch in South Africa. He probably has some in Lagos.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, if you try and drive Bugatti in Lagos, the Kimoto will carry you. <laughs> Oh, Nigeria, you can't even be rich in peace.
1: I don't think Teddy's ever, like, if he was in Lagos, I don't think he would ever go past, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But, like, what can? You, where can you drive a Bugatti in Lagos? I mean, he'll drive a Bentley. Range
1: Rover, keep it h- subtle. Keep it subtle. Keep, keep it subtle. So, you know, the French police seized all of the cars in France for, and they were investigating corruption. Why the French police can investigate corruption of a foreign national who is a statesman <laughs> is bizarre to me, but I don't want to get into that. It's not bizarre. Really? No. I think Interpol, yes, but that's not the French police.
0: Um, it's not bizarre because Equatorial Guinea is francophone. Yes. So they are tied together. This is the thing, right? It's packaging, right? Like, mm. So, France wants to say that they're not a haven for corrupt politicians. It's the exact same thing. It is. Which is the exact same thing that Britain does with Nigeria. It's the same thing that the United Kingdom does with Nigeria. That's why they're investigating and arresting Alaya Mayesiga, right? That is why they are seizing properties of ex-Nigerian governors. And that is why they are holding Nigerian officials in Brixton prison. The reason for this... (laughs) the reason for this is also because of packaging because let me tell you something the funniest thing I ever saw a day in my life is when they decided that Russia-Ukraine war was when they were going to start looking at Russian money in London I remember that if you have lived or visited London but especially all, if you've lived in London all you
1: see is Russian money London oh my god
0: lives survives and the backbone of London of Knightsbridge Knightsbridge Park, Knightsbridge
1: should be called mini little Moscow at this point because is it, it is Russian
0: Russia. money <laughs> You know, you do have some Arab money coming in, but again, there are some this Nigerians is, dishes, and sure. you have some Nigerians coming there, but it is oil money because the backbone of these big cities in Europe is corruption. Is how the French propped up Bokassa in the Central African Republic until they were like, Ugh. now it's more trouble than it's worth. Yeah, that's, and that's, so they that's brought in Dako. like. Exactly they're playing games and they are eating the rewards of it
1: what's interesting is like all this a lot of the goods that were confiscated were sold as an auction yeah and there's a report a follow up report <laughs> that all the goods that were on the auction block were all bought by the same person makes you wonder <laughs> makes you wonder
0: ha 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 daddy Please, France has seized my toys. Can you help me collect them back?
1: How much? A more, not a lot. Maybe like a combined 50 mil. I beg.
0: 120 million.
1: 120 million. Yeah. France,
0: <laughs> 120 million. Switzerland auction, 27 million dollars. I'm talking Jeez. dollars. 27 million dollars, Switzerland. 120 million dollars, France. He has in the UK just one item Michael Jackson glove from michael jackson's bad tour
1: two
0: hundred and seventy-five thousand. okay one item not a car not a house just a glove just a glove and uh teddy are you okay let me tell you something, yeah. I mean, I find Teddy irritating, but I find these uh, international people pretending that they are doing something right by finally seizing his things as also equally or even, even more... It's all so scammy. Even more aggravating. When they did the... America, who did their own auction, by the way. See, Teddy just fell out of favour. Teddy just fell out of favour. That's Fair. just the truth. Fair. But when America did their own asset seizure, the US Department of Justice said that it would use the money from the assets seized to pay for vaccines and medical. see uh, (laughs)
1: Mm, that is bad
0: when you talk about this so they said that's corruption hold on let me even read the amounts of the amount raised from selling Teddy's items 19.25 million would go to the united nations to buy covid 19 vaccines and 6.35 million would pay for medicine and medical supplies for equatorial guinea is not every single cent of that money if it was supposedly stolen from the people of Equatorial Guinea supposed to go towards the Equatorial Guinea
1: yes and even if you don't give it back to the government just buy the vaccines and give it back to them
0: why are you now sharing vaccines for everyone
1: that is insanity
0: so let me tell you some of these people they piss me off <laughs> they piss me off the United States said he had stolen more than 300 million dollars yep. again this money does it not belong to the people of Equatorial Guinea even if you want to do medicine outreach education scholarship anything why is the hell is it going to the united nations
1: it's just it's bizarre
0: remember what happened when the whole world had COVID and vaccines were going to certain countries first Mm -hmm.
1: why didn't they why didn't they come to africa first why didn't they go to the equatorial USC. this is bizarre it's so strange like it's it's actually crazy
0: let me tell you something this is theft
1: yes yes teddy is a criminal if you (laughs) probably if if you if you steal from a thief and you don't return it back to the people who stole it from you're a thief
0: and these governments the swiss the french the american thieves they have eaten the tax forget the british the Ah. rate oh how how can i forget the british British. that's so poor of me (laughs) oh
1: sorry boris who got you
0: the og OGM robbers, mm-hmm. British people. No, but they've collected taxes off these properties. They've collected his money, then they've sold it, so they've made double money. What are you talking about? It's crazy. It's, it's actually an, it's an economic uh, kidney for them now. Yeah. They're inviting... And
1: if they really wanted change, if they really wanted to curb this kind of corruption, there's a simple way to do it. Every foreign national that works in politics... Af- in Africa just put sanctions on what they can spend in the UK and do the same thing in America do the same thing in France what do you mean basically curb the spending of politicians put them on a the list anyone that's coming to that country on diplomatic passports or whatever put them on a the list if you monitor their spending nobody's spending more than what's a good amount for a month
0: you want Harrods to go down
1: yes I don't disagree with you. Yeah, but if, see, it, if you, they you did can, this you can also do it. in in twenty in, in, last year, they did it. Last year, the UK imposed sanctions on Teddy over his lavish lifestyle and his spending and his mansions and everything. They basically said, "Look, you can't spend this amount in our country anymore." And if every other country was serious about it, if they didn't want to steal Equatorial Guinea's money,
0: do you know? You know about the UK Golden Visa?
1: Talk to me about the UK Golden Visa. It's, it's above my pay grade.
0: The UK Golden Visa costs two million and allows those who apply for five million and 10 million pounds to gain permanent residency in three to two years respectively rather than five years so if you have two million pounds you will gain permanent residency and UK citizenship just get, for two you, million pounds. You get citizenship. Two million pounds, Barry. Five million pounds, three years. Ten million pounds,
1: two years. How much is two million pounds? Two million
0: pounds, five years.
1: Okay, so five ten.
0: five years, yeah Five, five. Two. Guess who was getting UK citizenship like it was pure water? Russian Russian oligarchs. All they want they want to put on list for sanction. They're,
1: always, yeah? they're UK citizens. Yeah
0: you know when they were doing that whole Chelsea stuff and yeah, I, um, yeah. Ibrahimovic, I mean what's this guy's name yeah. and I was like oh, what are you people pretending they, they've stopped, I think they stopped part of the program, I'm not sure yeah. um, very recently but in this short time in the amount of people who bought UK citizenship in majority of them were Russian Russian oligarchs so all this pre- Teddy Teddy is easy peasy Teddy's they can never go are they gonna go after the Saudis Teddy's or Qatar fair or even Russia fair. they will pretend to go after Russia and seize a big ship that just happens to be in the docks but then how not do going you also how also
1: how do you seize a ship easy to seize a no, ship that's what I'm saying that's like, it, what I do it's so, that's what I'm saying. it's so easy to seize a ship saying you seize this ship, ship it's really. just like Oh, it's, a, it's I mean, now they
0: can't take the ship to, you know, yeah. they can't go to Mykonos this yeah. summer or Santorini. They yeah. have to take a, a, a regular yacht. Yeah. Not the super yacht. Not the super
1: yacht.
0: <laughs> like, come on. Come
1: the hell on. And it's also bizarre that they buy super yachts. I've always it's, found it's that so bizarre. For me. I, know, I think it's. It, it was
0: bizarre until I saw Young Miami on a super yacht that Diddy had rented or whatever. Yeah. I saw that drone image and I said, this is
1: a so. Life. No, but that's what I'm saying. Did you rent a yard? Like, it's some smart. people
0: need to own it so others can't rent.
1: Yes, I hear that. Oh, that's why it's a business when you own it. You can you yeah, rent it Yeah, of course. Out. Okay, that,
0: yachting cool. is also known as a. Um, <laughs> sorry, now we're entering the other part of my brain's territory. But uh-huh. yachting season is essentially prostitution season for uh-huh. Hollywood starlets. Yachting is a paid gig. So a lot of B level hollywood starlets and some a-list starlets and some smaller singers etc yeah go yachting i.e rich european or american or russian businessmen pay these women to spend time on their yachts in europe
1: okay but they don't like do they i don't know because that's
0: are they gonna
1: hold on i'm so naive I told You're people, not. Does naive. this does, does does this help with their careers?
0: It helps with their bank accounts.
1: What? I forgot about money. I just ca- forgot. <laughs> what? I just forgot about money for a second. What? Wow, I, terrible. What?
0: <laughs> said it does it help with their careers? Their careers help them to get here. So a lot of like PR agents in LA, yeah, work towards raising profile of their you know talent for yachting
1: season okay to close this off I just want to say that after the UK imposed sanction last year July on Teddy over his lavish lifestyle yeah <laughs> the foreign minister of Equatorial Guinea announced the closure of the country's embassy in London stating that it was the first measure and the Equatorial Guinea will not allow interference in internal affairs fair enough that's such a weird way to describe what teddy does but you know what it's
0: a weird way to describe what teddy does but you want to know something the british would do the same they would not take it if it was americans they might have even gone to i think
1: i don't think the british would i I think the british would in fact take it just because of how how tiny the leash how um tiny the leash is they have the leash that they have on their politicians it's so so tight and it's so short
0: Yeah, their politicians do a lot of rubbish.
1: Yeah, they do a lot of rubbish. But when it comes to that spending, I remember one year they were disgracing all of them on TV, saying this guy borrowed 500 pounds. I was just like, God, if I ever...
0: No, but you see, that's a red herring. How? That's a red herring. Because the good countries make a lot of bad spending legal. So, for example, there is the MP Stephen... What's his name? He's a conservative MP who was caught earlier this year snorting cocaine off of a baking tray.
1: Right.
0: He hires his wife as his PA for £25,000. Hmm. You have legalized ways to just chop money. It's it's my problem with Nigeria a lot of the time.
1: We're just not clever about...
0: like... You can actually, I'm not even going to lie that I think you're going to enter this not to better yourself or better your family or that, you know. But you don't have to be completely incompetent at your job while being corrupt.
1: I I disagree with that because I think you do have, the the level at which Nigerians are corrupt, I think you do have to be incompetent. Nigerian politicians are so corrupt that they spend so much time and energy being corrupt and they have little time and energy to do their actual jobs. It becomes hard to do your actual job. When you're think you spending that much brain power, and, and brain power on on, si- on siphoning funds, yeah, you can't get anything <sighs> done. Corruption is hard work. I mean, it's not hard work, but it's.
0: But then, when you remember things like seeing Gandu J literally pack thousands of dollars into his agbada while a sitting governor,
1: what are we talking about here? Huh? Oh, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like,
0: wait, wait, you're just like it, it's so banal. I, like, I don't even know the word, but it is so embarrassing. It is. At least they did give you briefcase with the dollars. Like, how can you like, don't debase forget. yourself and debase me as a Nigerian <laughs> citizen by having to even consume
1: that? Debase my eyes. Don't forget, like, this is the country where people are hoarding Indomie. So, I mean...
0: I... On a lighter note, because honestly, if we get into this, then I'm going to get really annoyed because the elections are coming up. And honestly, every day, I feel like I'm raving mad. But you go on teddy's instagram right now teddy is at a vineyard somewhere in europe doesn't put location because he's a smart man he's tasting grapes look at that he just flew in in his private helicopter he's tasting grapes right off the vine mm, yum, yum, yum. this is the guy that that's man. look at him man. he's wearing what are these new balances that is a nice watch that watch can probably buy me a house fantastic. fantastic wearing jeans I love the casualness of it look oh no there's new balance
1: they, they are new balances. and he's going
0: to use it to ride his private helicopter and push his ferrari I love
1: it he's enjoying himself he's enjoying anyway guys thanks for joining us and you know getting into it with us this this week we'll see you soon
0: goodbye
1: bye tell your friend post follow us you know, on social. So how about it? Bye.